so that I could go out at night. And I had this big sign, not big, this little sign in my, uh, I had this, uh, uh, this little apartment on the west side. And um, it just had the number 75 on it. And if I knew if I, I calculated if I could make $75 a day, then I could afford to live in Nashville. So every day, no matter what I did, I would try to figure out how to make $75. And it, it works, you know, I'm still alive <laughs> uh, and, and breathing in Nashville. So intersection of good drinks, good music and good times. This is Hops and Spirits Bar Conversations. We are getting oh so close to the end of the year and all of we're wrapping up our, our, our episodes for 2023. And before we introduce this next guest, don't forget to follow us on all of our social media at Hop Spirits. Don't forget to join our new Facebook group, Bourbon and Country Music, to get a little bit extra uh, fun with us. And this week we have with a singer-songwriter, his debut album is out now. Let's welcome in. I'm going to try not to screw up his name because I told him I wouldn't. Welcome in Vinny Paolizzi. Did I say that right? Perfect. You said every letter. That's That's how you get that one right. <laughs> Well, we joked. I said I got almost to say it like how I would teach how we're teaching our da daughter right now. You know, say for, you know, sound out each letter and let's see how how we how we do. So there we go. So see, even even that works for me at at my age. <laughs> totally. It's, so there's some lessons that you learn once and you keep learning over and over again. Well, and, and you said you know those Italian names they just throw in letters. So how bad have people butchered your last oh, name? Man. Oh man. I mean, every, like, especially when I first moved to town and nobody really knew me, every lineup for like a show or a festival or anything, it was, and I got, I, I understand the why for Vinny. Cause so many, like when I was in high school, the show Jersey yeah. Shore came out, the guy on there had the why everybody's going to give it the why I totally understand that. But like putting an O at the end of my last name, when it clearly there's no O or like an A or putting extra o's in the middle people like to add o's to the middle of my name too so uh it's I, like they just I, bought a bunch and just had to keep throwing them up there yeah exactly exactly and I, I understand i like you know um i i grew up in an area where there was tons of italian last names and it was like not a big deal but moving to the south is just it's just not how it is you know it's different <laughs> well something that isn't different at least i don't think so everywhere this is called Bar Conversations, and, you know, we like to have a drink. I've, I've got a little rye whiskey, little old Ezra uh, seven-year uh, rye. What, what are you drinking tonight? Oh, that looks good. Um, we had a bottle of Jefferson's open, just the mm. regular Jefferson's brand. I, I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm alone in this camp, but I, I like lower-proof bourbons. I like between okay. 80 and 90. I, 110 proof does nothing for I, it. Honestly, 114. It was, yeah, <laughs> it goes like I have one of them, and I feel like I had twelve, and I'm I. It feels like it's it's a, it's a lot, but like a Maker's is a ninety, or like a Basil Hayden's is an eighty, like between those two. And and there's some hundred proofs. I've 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 a Knob Creek hundred proof that I like a lot, but you know. Hey, there is nothing wrong with that. There's something to knowing your sweet spot for everyone. It, it's different. So now you mentioned a bunch of different bourbons. Are you a guy that likes to? Have a few uh, bourbon bottles sitting around the house, or beer, tequila. What, what's your go go to uh, uh, bad habit? I've been I've been all of those bad habits. Uh, bourbon is my favorite thing to drink, but the consequences of bourbon uh, mm -hmm. are sometimes a little bit too great for me. So, like, I I could drink a tequila soda pretty much any time you want with two crushed limes in it. If I'm gonna drink all day, I'm probably gonna be on that train. Uh, 
But as far as like the fall and winter drinking, red wine and and bourbon are probably mm. my two my two things. And uh, since our uh, we got married last November, and we have gotten so many uh, housewarming wedding gift. Like I have so much bourbon that I will never. I mean, I'm gonna have to start regifting at some point because I have so many bottles of bourbon at the moment. So, well, just make just sure it's the duplicates. Just make sure yes. it's the duplicates. Yeah, and I don't know. Like, I'm not. I'm not like a connoisseur, so I, I feel like I I have a lot to learn, and maybe someone can come over and explain my collection to me at this point. <laughs> hey, next time I'm down there. <laughs> yeah, really. yeah. <laughs> no, I totally get that, and it's it's one that I, I I have enjoyed going down the rabbit hole. My wife gets mad at me these days, but um, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. Louisville, hey, exactly. Uh, Lexington, Louisville, that whole area is great for it. I, I, you know, there are worse places to be for bourbon. Uh, oh you know, I, I, it's one of those things where I'm like, sometimes it's bad because we we're talking about this the other day, because we live in a, such an area that has it and people come here, like you don't find good deals. You just, you don't oh, find those, you know, or those bottles like, you know, five years ago, you know, you can find Buffalo Trace everywhere here. You're six, yeah. seven years ago when we first moved over here. Now, now you, you can't find it, but it's, it went from like a whole shelf to like one little, little line. So yeah. uh, there, there are some benefits uh, and some uh, drawbacks, but love where we live. Now, you grew up in a, a cool uh, area in Western PA, is that right? Westchester? Uh, Eastern PA, but, but the town is oh, okay. Westchester. Yeah. So okay. I, I grew up just outside of Philadelphia. Um, most of my uh, family lives in the, the Philly suburbs, kind of all within a 15-mile radius. And, um, yeah, man, my, my family came over in, like, the 20s, and no one had ever left until I moved to Nashville. Like, my mom's got a huge family. She's one of seven with a 1,000 cousins. My dad's one Were, of were they disappointed? Disappointed is a tough – they they are – they were confused. Like, you have everything you That's want better. here. And I was I was playing all the time. I was playing like I think my last year I played 175 shows in Philly, but it was all like, you know, one speaker in the corner of like a sports bar playing three hours of covers, you know. And that they would be like, and it's, I I don't fault them for it, but they were like, you're already doing your dream. Why do you have to leave? Like you're playing music all the time and you get paid. And to their point, like I was getting paid. I would play weddings and I would do private events, you know. It, it you know. It was fine. I could make a living if I wanted to do it that way, but that is definitely not my dream. And uh, unfortunately, the Philly music scene at that time, I'm I'm not sure exactly what the state of it is, but at that time, for any sort of like singer-songwriter Americana stuff, it just wasn't happening there, you know? And and really, the, the success stories out of Philly are Jim Croce from, you know, 1967 or whatever when he left and went to L.A., uh, and Amos Lee, who left and went to New York and started opening for Nora Jones, you know, and, and those are the two big singer songwriters that have made it from my area. And ne neither one of them did it out of Philly. <laughs> so I was kind of doing the math in my head, like, I don't know if this is ever going to happen here, <laughs> you know? Yeah, not the best odds. Yeah. And I, I took a bunch of trips to New York and I just didn't feel like I fit in. I took a trip to L.A. for a while and I just didn't didn't really feel like I Vi not vibe i hate that word but I, I just didn't feel like it was my spot you know and 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 nashville i came here and i booked a couple little shows and all of a sudden i was riding with people and i think in just a week i was here i met like 30 people that were all like yeah whenever you come back like and and it felt like they meant it you know like uh 
let's write a song, let's get a beer. Like it was, it was all very supportive. Um, so I just kind of, I figured also I didn't have a lot to lose at the time. I was 23 and I had nothing going on besides playing like weddings and sports bars. So I figured if worse comes to worse, I could just come back and do that. I was going to say, those gigs would probably still be there. They are still there and they still pay the same amount that I've paid since 1991 uh, or whatever year. Uh, but yeah. Now, since you grew up near, near Philly, are you like, full-on Philly sports fan too or or how does that work for you 150,000 percent yeah um, well I'm gonna, just gonna have to just cut off the interview then I, I grew up near <laughs> I grew up near Pittsburgh so you know you know it, it, it is what it is totally you guys have way more championships so I it's, it's great I'm happy for you um we also have, have the Pirates who haven't won in a long time <laughs> yeah I I it's the same thing with understanding where my parents were coming from. I understand where people are coming from when they don't like Philly sports fans. There's times when I don't like Philly sports fans, and I'm one of them. But when you grew up like where I grew up, you can't like you can't just not like them, you know. And 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 then I went to college in the city. Like I went to school at Temple University. If you've ever heard of it in in, mm -hmm. in Philly, so I lived in the city for those four years, and then a year or so afterwards. And um, you just it kind of gets in your DNA. I, I can't really explain it. And it's, it's not as much as it is a college sports town. Cause there's so many, you know, especially basketball, Villanova, St. Joe's. Oh yeah. The big South. five. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, it really is a pro sports. I, I mean, it, the, the Eagles, especially now the Eagles are good. My whole lifetime, the Eagles have been pretty good. My parents' lifetime, they were horrible. I mean, we just get kicked uh, their asses kicked for a generation, but really since I've been alive, the Eagles and the Phillies have been kind of the, the thing. So I feel kind of lucky for that. The, the, the flyers who were my favorite team growing up have really, really disappointed me the last few years, but that, that's all right. You know, for, for those that are, are listening, watching, you know, we record these a little bit ahead of time tonight. I was watching the flyers penguins game before this started. Oh, yeah. And I was, I was going, Oh my goodness, what are we doing wrong? Because you guys just kept getting shot after shot after shot, even when you were shorthanded. It was quite impressive. They look okay this year. Uh, the first time in a decade you can say that. But, um, but so yeah, there's hope. I, yeah, I grew up playing ice hockey, and, and um, my dad and my sister both played in college. So we were a big, big time ice hockey family. So having the Preds here is great. I mean, my, my first couple of years here, the Preds were really good. So that was fun. I was going to say, you, you're, you're getting the best of both, both worlds. And, you, know, you mentioned you grew up in a large family. Your family's all around there. How important is family and also kind of just where you grew up teaching you of community? Because I, I feel like that's probably what you got when you moved to Nashville, too, was a sense of community where you may not have got that in a few of the other places you tried. A hundred percent. Yeah, I didn't realize that not everyone had like I, I, I always say this like it's I'm not exaggerating from the airport to my parents' house. There's. 50 to 75 houses I could stop for like dinner and no one would, no one would say anything. And it'd be like totally. Um, and I feel so lucky for that. Cause I know a lot of people don't have that, but I grew up with like, I had uh, cousins and aunts and uncles that I could, I could almost walk to all these houses, you know? And, and um, I don't, I don't think that there's any like substitute for that. You know what I mean? I, I think that, once you grow up with that, you're so used to it. And so used to like your cousins are more like your siblings and your, your, your family is kind of so involved in your life. And, and now even as, as we're, um, my wife and I are expecting our first kid. 
and ah, uh, congratulations thank you thank you and my parents first grandkid her parents first grandkid my whole Ooh. generation of cousins first grandkid like the, the, the <laughs> that kid's child. gonna be spoiled <laughs> yeah so so i hope that they that you know ours feel that way too you know that they're just surrounded by you know i will say at a certain point some of it gets a little can get a little suffocating you never know uh not really in my experience honestly but but i do know that that is a feeling um that that people have so uh, i i had the uh so i come from like a smaller family at least the, you know who we kind of hung out with yeah. and then my wife's family both of her her sides are one's from northern kentucky one's from louisville and the northern kentucky side like they, like, like you said they're still all kind of around there for the most part and yeah. once that thanksgiving and for the first time they were like 70 people there and when i got up to go to the bathroom i lost my seat and i was like what is happening like that like that blew my mind because i just did not understand that yeah yeah last minute for thanksgiving last week my mom had to host and she like with one day's notice had 30 people in our in, in, in my parents house like just and, and that that's not that wasn't even not everyone came like that was just like a little you know a little get together who could show but, up yeah no exactly at last minute uh but moving to nashville I, I, I didn't know anyone. Like I didn't, I, I moved here. I was, I didn't have a job. I, <laughs> I, uh, I was an Uber driver. I was, I told my parents I was going to be an Uber driver. So that's what I did. And I did my first Uber ride ever the second day I was here and it was terrible, but I did it off and on for a couple of years. I ended up getting a job at a golf course, a super long story that, uh, you know, um, but I, I would just go to, um, these little bars on the West side usually. And, um, I would drink soda waters until it was like, you know, and, and network, whatever you want to call it, just, you know, walk around and act awkward really, and try to meet people. And then once it was time to like start driving people home, I would just get in my car and start driving people like that was, that was the play. And then sometimes I would wake up at five in the morning and drive people to the airport, uh, so that I could go out at night and, I had this big sign, not big, this little sign in my, uh, I had this, uh, this little apartment on the West side and, um, it just had the number 75 on it. And if I knew if I, I calculated, if I could make $75 a day, then I could afford to live in Nashville. So every day, no matter what I did, I would try to figure out how to make $75 and it, it worked, you know, I'm still alive, <laughs> uh, and, and breathing in Nashville. So. Uh, well, and, and you, you put out a, a whole full album. I, it's crazy. And, it, and you know, they call it like 10-year town, whatever. And, and so far, that seems to be about right. It's been six. It'll be six for me. I'm, I, I moved very poetically. I moved New Year's Day of 2018. So it'll be six years on this coming January 1st. Um, and, and this record, like, really is kind of the summation of the last five, you know, five, six years in Nashville. And, and everything from the people who co-wrote on it, the people that produced it, the people that I used their uh, studios because out of completely the kindness of their hearts, uh, a, a lot of this record would not have happened without people being like, hey, yeah, you can use my studio after hours because I couldn't afford any other way to do it. You know what I mean? And um, it was a lot of work. I mean, it took, we were, we started working on it last January. We recorded it in June and then we didn't put it out till this year. So that was all 2022. Didn't put it out till this year, trying to save up every little penny to mix and master and get the vinyl and get the, the artwork and get the, um, 
but it really kind of came together into something that I'm, if nothing else, I'm immensely proud of it. And I'm, I'm, I'm so close to it now that I can't even see it objectively, you know, but I, I just feel so connected to it that I'm happy that it's out in the world and getting listened to. Absolutely. As you should be now, did you grow up always having a love for music? Like, was it music like around you and just something you gravitated towards? Yeah. I, my family didn't really play, uh, but my parents were huge art, still huge music fans. So, um, my dad always says he was the guy, he still has the crate. He used to bring the crate of vinyl to like parties. He was like the, so he had, he had this collection that was Jackson Brown, um, Eagles, Almond Bro- tons of Almond Brothers, Marshall Tucker Band, Pure Prairie League. So like not quite country, but like in that, and huge Springsteen fan, obviously Beatles fan. Um, and then my mom had this whole collection of like 70s, like funk and like, because uh, Philly has all these like soul, this whole history of that whole thing. And, and, and my mom, for whatever reason, like gravitated towards that kind of stuff she had some jazz like george benson records and stuff and stuff that like probably went straight over my head as a kid but it was just so cool to like have you know what i mean and um my parents were not pot people like love bob marley for some reason too so like they constantly played that giant box that he has we had that was on all the time in the summer i'm like this does not fit either your personalities at all uh but I'm i'm glad it was there you know um but they were Huge music fans, huge. Um, there's a radio station called WXPN uh, back in, in, in Philly. It's affiliated with University of Pennsylvania, but uh, kind of a, at least regionally famous for, you know, their, their kind of singer-songwriter, kind of eclectic. They, they, have, they have two venues that they host at their, uh, their big building downtown, too. So it's like kind of a part of the community. And, and my parents were big supporters of them, and it was a member-supported kind of deal. And... and um, got all the compilation CDs they would put out every year. Um, they had a lot of CDs too. I was, I was kind of perfect kid age for CDs. Like my parents had so many and CDs weren't that expensive because it was kind of going away. You know what I mean? So we, we had a ton of, a ton of, ton of, ton of CDs at, at our house. Well, and then correct me if I'm wrong. You, you know, you talk about being you know, at the top of the show. I mentioned you're a songwriter, singer, all, all that. Were you starting yeah. to write music and lyrics in middle school? Like kind yeah. of just gravitated it's toward that? so bad, dude. So bad. <laughs> I was so lame. Um, no, I, I like, I, <laughs> this, I'm, I was gonna, I'm, I'm not even going to pretend. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I started playing the viola in the third grade orchestra. The viola is slightly bigger than a violin. And I will say, I stuck with it. I played all the way through senior year of high school. I stuck with the orchestra and did the did the thing. I didn't quit like everybody, all the cool, cool kids did. Uh, but when I was in like fifth grade, sixth grade, all my friends, this friend group I really wanted to be a part of, not really my friends, uh, were all playing guitar there was three guys in particular that all played guitar and one of them played drums and i thought that was the coolest thing and i thought guitar was so hard that i started playing the drums because i thought that'd be easier and uh i got a drum set and that turns out i'm not a very good drummer i still love playing drums if i still i still have pieces of my drum set in this uh this room behind me but um I learned you couldn't really write songs on drums. And when I had, you know, those middle school heartbreak feelings we all have, you know, you just, you just had to get them out with terrible, terrible songs. Uh, 
so basically, I bet I my parents told me if I got straight A's for a semester, then they would give me a hundred dollars, which to me was like that's, hey, the that's most not bad. Money that I was always the kid that like I would put just enough in just enough effort to get B's and then not do anything, and they were like. If you get A's, we'll give you – so they gave me 100 bucks, and I bought a Squire Stratocaster that came with an amp and a guitar strap. And I started playing every ACDC song, and uh, I took lessons for like nine or ten months with – I have an uncle that plays. and um, But then it was all – it was all kind of a vehicle to write songs. I, I wasn't really interested in being like a – I'm still not really interested in being like a shreddy guitar player. I I love playing guitar. I love playing guitar for other artists. I do that kind of as like a side thing still. But um I I've never been like, man, I want to learn every solo note for note. Like when I was playing music, I was trying to use it as a vehicle. So, I would learn just enough piano. And I still know just enough piano to be able to write a song if all I have is a piano, you know. And I know just enough bass that if someone calls me and's like Hey, you want to come play for a night? I could figure it out. I mean, I stink, but I could I could figure it out for a night. You know what I mean? So, I think the participate as I'm talking about this, I, like I think the participation aspect of music, and I've heard Springsteen talk about that before, where he would go to shows and be like, "I just want to be as good as the worst guy that's up there, <laughs> like the the guy you can barely even hear, but at least he's like doing it, you know." And I, I I think that was part of it for me too. I just wanted to have a piece of the the band or the group or the friends, whatever. So. Well, and, it, and you're, you're definitely doing that. And, you know, you talked about, you know, kind of growing up around music and your, your parents haven't quite the eclectic collection. Uh, what, what music did you grow up on that you loved back, back in the day that kind of maybe made an impact on you? Yeah, all the stuff that they had wasn't like hard rocking enough for me. You know, I, my first album I bought was ACDC Live and it was 13... I mean, ACDC is awesome. They're still, honestly, Malcolm Young is still my favorite guitar player of all time. He wrote all those riffs. So cool. Um, but then, as it does, like, I was perfect John Mayer age. Like, John Mayer was the coolest thing, and all the girls love John Mayer songs. And you had to learn, like, five of them if you wanted to be, you know, considered a real guitar player at my middle school. Uh, so... Um, he had that uh, that Where the Light Is show, which is it was he he did the first set acoustic, then he did a the blues trio thing he was doing for a while, and then he did um, like a full on like full production set, and it was like produced as like a movie, and it came out when I was whatever in eighth grade or something, and I remember trying to learn like at least part of every song for that whole thing, like the acoustic songs. Some of them were like way too hard. I, he was really good and he had all these crazy tunings and, and shit, but, um, man, I, like that was kind of, if, if you were playing guitar in 2008, like everyone was like, okay, John Mayer, you know, like that was, that was the thing. And as much as I hate to admit it, like I wanted to be that guy. Um, what else, man? I, I listened to so much stuff. I really started getting into my parent, like, what my parents listened to, like probably in high school, college-ish with like the Jackson Brown was the big, was my dad's favorite and kind of still is my favorite um, songwriter, that 70s songwriter stuff. Um, but then in college, I was the perfect Mumford and Sons age too. So it was like 
fake bluegrass, emotional bluegrass, I call it, uh, or you just yell over like little banjo parts. Uh, but that stuff was taking off when I was in college. Um, so yeah, man, there was all kinds of like eras almost not to, not to Taylor Swift quote, but, uh, there was, there was so many like iterations of, of what I listened to. I, I, I will say the bands I played with in high school, I was playing a rock band. So like we would just learn enough songs for a party. So like we learned three Red Hot Chili Pepper songs. We'd learn, you know, uh, a couple Pearl Jam songs, uh, you know, all that stuff. And I had to get straight out there as the singer. And I, no one told me I stunk like so bad. I, I couldn't sing until like two years ago, I swear to God. And nobody told me. And I haven't forgiven anybody for it. Uh, <laughs> they were just all laughing in the background and you didn't yeah. know it. It's unbelievable. These people are, your, they say they're your <laughs> friends. Like they say they're your friends. Um, but uh, I, I, I was in this group of friends, like I was talking about, and everyone was like loved playing, but no one would sing. Like they were like just mortified. High school boys trying to sing in front of girls. It should be illegal. It's, it's, it's torture. And I understand why they felt that way, but they would trot me out there. Cause, cause you could have a band if you have someone singing. So I was just, mm -hmm. I was just the guy. So well, I mean, that was a long uh, answer to a short question. Sorry. Well, but, but I mean, like, it's, it's funny you mentioned that. Cause I, I remember watching, I don't know if it was on like the Graham Norton show or one of them. Uh, and they were doing like Ed Sheeran, like, you know, like yeah. from his height and oh my God, like, yeah. so you're not the only one. I mean, Hey, there's worse people to be compared to than Ed Sheeran. Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah, he's true. come a long way from yeah, his early days as well. You also have to start somewhere. I mean, I I'm so jealous of these people that just like they grow up and they just can sing. You know, you can just there are people like that. That that like I I have a friend who has perfect pitch. Like you can say sing an F sharp and he'll sing an F sharp and it's insane. It's ins I thought he was lying about it for years, but like these people that have just this ability to make sounds with their mouth i i did not grow up like that i i grew up in the just hurt your like the dave matthews band hurt yourself until you make the right note uh kind of school of thought so uh well if it makes you feel any better i still can't carry a tune and we've been trying to put our daughter in dance and music class just so she has a fighting chance <laughs> yeah i'm i'm hoping i can i can i can introduce my kids to music but not make them feel like they need to be into it you know i would love them to have it as part of their life but i don't want them to feel like they need to follow in any footsteps because uh god knows i don't know i don't know how uh i ended up where i'm at but uh it definitely wasn't because my parents pushed me here well it's been a, a fun ride i'm sure and you know you, you talk about getting down to nashville and you know kind of doing some different things you kind of went the songwriting first route first right like kind of some of that. I know you're playing like some of the songwriter around things like that, but yeah, yeah. why kind of stick in the songwriter realm a little bit there at the beginning and even to this day? Yeah, man, I got to be honest. I had no plan when I moved here. I, I was, I, I, I give myself, you know, a little bit of shit here and there, but I, I knew I was a pretty good guitar player. Like I, I knew I, I could at least accompany myself. I don't know. I didn't know. I know there's so many amazing players here, like so, so mm -hmm. good. And I didn't go to music school. So I had this like chip on my shoulder that I didn't know anything about music because I didn't go to school for it or I didn't 
you know, spent 10 years in a van just touring the country. You know, I spent uh, 10 years in sports bars playing Brown Eyed Girl 45 times in a row. Uh, hey, but, that is an education in and of itself. <laughs> yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, but the, the, to answer your question, I I didn't know what the – no. there's no, like, book. It's like, hey, you should write five songs for other people, and then you you get your own career, and then you do this thing, or – like there was no, I had no idea. So when I moved to town, I started just going to everything. I, that's the only thing I knew how to do. And I knew that Broadway wasn't like the the people really doing it. Like the people on Broadway are amazingly talented playing those covers and stuff. And those bands like make great money. Like it's a, it's, it's a great thing to have here, but that's not where like songwriters hang out, you know? So I, and, and I, and I knew that I had heard that and I had kind of inferred that, so I started going to anything that said original music. So like the rounds, one of the first rounds I went to was called Revival. And it was right on to Mumbrian at the Tin Roof there. And my first time I went, the guy who runs it coincidentally is from my hometown. So uh, he's older than me. And we didn't know each other back home, but his name is Rob Snyder. He has three Luke Combs kind of big songs. He, he wrote She Got the Best of Me. Uh, middle grown up and getting old and dear today. So he's, he's got, he's got big ones, you know? Yeah. But, but at the time, like this was before any of those came out and he was from my hometown and he ran this thing. Brent started there. Miranda Lambert played there. Adam hood played there. Like all that whole crew is, is from there before I even was in Nashville. Um, but anyways, he, he, I met him. We like kind of hit it off and he told me that he needed someone to kind of help him like run it because it's, it's a lot of work to run one of the, especially a weekly, one of those things that it's, it's a lot of work. So I ended up just kind of helping him and, and we, the, to, this is a long answer, but the, the reason why I got in with so many songwriters is because I needed to book people for the show. And then people like, the, like the best nights we had there, I did it for just over three years and it's, it's still going. Rob does it like monthly now, kind of all over Nashville and I help out with stuff and we do festivals out of town and stuff. But, um, the weekly stuff isn't happening anymore, but, uh, there was these great nights where like three or four or five of my friends who had just kind of moved to town and were getting started, would be able to play a show on the same bill as like people that like Adam hood and, and Brent and, um, Dave Kennedy and Chris Canberra, all these guys that have been in town, kind of doing it for a while and then all those people would meet and now five years later all those people are writing songs together releasing songs together um and it's it feels it feels good like it you know i i introduced i don't know if you know ben chapman or me, and meg mccree are but i i introduced them uh to each other at revival and ben played the opry this weekend and meg sang with him so you know, it's, it's, I do know who they are. Cause I listened to your album and they are on your album. They are. Yeah. They're two of my, they're two of my closest friends. And, uh, I'm actually burning the, the Ben Chapman peach jam, uh, candle Ooh. right now. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's just, there's like li real life events that happened at this thing that we did. Um, and the, it opened so many doors for me just in the, uh, like not only musically and and writing songs but i like my friends like my 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 core group of people that have kind of kept me here through a pandemic and through a a million other you know tough things that we've all gone through and my first touring experiences were with people i met from revival and my first 
um, my first cuts, you know, my uh, Gabe Lee, I don't know if you've heard of him, but mm-hmm. I, um, I'm, I met him at a different bar called Bobby's that I still do shows at, but I dragged him to revival almost every week and was like, come on. Like, if you're not playing, you're going to come hang out. Like, and now he's kind of blown up in his own way. And, and, uh, it's, it's, it's pretty amazing to kind of step, take a step back when you're in it all the time. You don't realize how, you know, how much of your life is like connected to something like that. When you step back, you can kind of, um, think about it a little bit bigger. Well, in addition to that, like you said, you, you played with bands. I know you played guitar for, uh, Brittany Spencer, done, done a lot of different things. When did you realize you kind of wanted to go, Hey, let me see what I can do on my own with my stuff or working with people and see what I've got. Yeah. I think I, uh, I, I, I wasn't as, I, I don't think I found my voice. It sounds so lame to say that out loud. I was trying to think of a cooler way to say, it, and there's truly no cool way to say that. Uh, I, I never thought I was a good singer until like really like three years ago when I, stop trying to kind of sound like other people and i always wrote songs and i always thought that that i was i was going to do an artist project eventually but i wasn't really confident in what i wanted it to sound like to be honest with you and um and i didn't know if anyone would care like i didn't know if if any i i go through these things where i'm like i'm i could make the next like van gogh painting and no one would no one would care uh (laughs) <laughs> which is which is a very I'm sure if you talk to enough songwriters they will mention that feeling in in some way shape or form, um, but my friend now my friend Mike Harris who who produced uh, the record who is in Old Crow Medicine show he played he was Brent's guitar player for years he played for Brent Cobb you would probably recognize him uh, big black beard and uh, he played for Stapleton for a couple of years and now he's playing for Old Crow Medicine show he found my music long story how, and we have a mutual friend, Brooke Stevens, who's a photographer. He was like, I want to produce that guy's record. And she was like, really? And he was, he was like, he was like, yeah, I want to. And she gave him my phone number. I was playing the Opry, speaking of the Opry with Brittany and he busted in our dressing room and was like, where's my favorite songwriter in Nashville? And Brittany's like, Oh, I'm right here. And he's like, no, I'm talking about me. I'm like, Oh my God. I was mortified. Mortified. Uh, it, it was looking back, it was hilarious, but it was, I didn't know it. Like, I never met him before. And, uh, anyways, I forgot about that story till right now. Um, you're getting an exclusive. I uh, love it. And, uh, anyways, we started just hanging out. And, uh, he, he's like, I know the players that I would want for this. Like, I know the, the studio vibe I want to have. Like, I, 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 I can picture this project. We just got to get some songs. And I, I had, I still, God, probably went through 300 songs, but got it down to whatever 30 and then kind of worked on those. And, and uh, like I said, having someone that really cared about my stuff as much as he did was, was really refreshing. And I, uh, through that process, I realized that a lot more people cared about it. And when I started mentioning, I was doing a project like that, it, you know, one thing led to another and um, got, some uh like studio time booked and so and it just felt more real and we did eight of the ten songs like mostly tracked in like two days um 
which was crazy. And then just kind of had to go back and do some guitar solos and do some, you know, uh, uh, some background vocals and stuff like that. But most everything was, was done last, I guess, June of 22. And, um, and then we just, the rest of the summer and, and last fall, we were doing like background vocals here and there, and then doing those acoustic tracks. Um, we kind of did those like in one or two takes, you know, just kind of like try trying to do it efficiently, but also trying to keep it like honest. You know what I mean? I, I didn't want it to be too polished. Like there's no, there's no click tracks. There's no like, uh, like studio trickery on any of the stuff. Like it's all pretty much just like guys in a room playing. I, I played the song for the band like t- once we played the song three times and then we like move on. And that was pretty much it. So, so if like for better or worse, it's, it's pretty laid out. Like, and, and when you, and the, the cool thing about that, and one of the reasons we did it that way is because there's so many bands that they do this amazing record and then live, they can't reproduce it. Like mm-hmm. they can't do it. And now like when I go play shows, I feel like I'm giving people exactly what, what I put on the record. So I'm, I'm, I'm proud of that still. I was going to say that it's something for when people hear, hear it on Spotify or wherever, and then go, man, that is exactly how I, I or even better live. And you know, I feel like on on this this uh, you know record, you were able to probably showcase a little bit of yourself, a few of the different sides of you, because there's a, there's a cohesiveness to it, but there's also a little bit of, of fun and different things that you bring there. Was that what you wanted to to do with this debut uh, uh, record? Yeah, I I I shudder to like really call myself straight up like country, you know. But I but the the songs are kind of presented in like in that way, but. Um, like left my heart behind the one that me and Meg did together. That's almost like show tune piano kind of part on it. It's like very upbeat, very like, especially live. Like it, it's, um, there's no twang to that. Like it's, it's like a, it's, uh, it's kind of just a straight ahead rock song. It feels like, it feels like Dr. My Eyes from the Jackson Brown record. That's kind of similar vibe, but then proud of what I did today. The opening track, the, sounds like the beginning of like a Waylon Jennings song, you know? Um, and the, the truth is I like Jackson Brown and I like Waylon Jennings and I should be able to use both of those elements in the same album. You know what I mean? And I, I think, uh, I think that genre bending stuff is really enjoyable to me because I, I love artists that kind of step into, I, I always use Elton John as my example because like his Tumbleweed Connection record is a British guy trying to make a country album, which is amazing. Like he, he can't do it. It doesn't sound like a country album, but it sounds like a very cool thing. That's kind of halfway between. Um, and there's, and like, I mean, Springsteen trying to do Nebraska, which is like basically trying to do a Bob Dylan acoustic record. You can hate on it or love it or whatever, but I, I just love that he tried to do something that was, that was, are like unique for him and, and kind of stretched him out. And that's, that's, that's where I think music is, uh, at, at least for me, that's what makes music really interesting is, is when you can kind of push yourself into directions you might not normally go, uh, and still make something that you're really proud of. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, well, I'm, I'm really happy with, with the choices we made. I was going to say, you, you made a, a, a great album and, and why kind of have it, you know, subtitled? Any any particular reason behind that? Because you're like, hey, first one, it's, it's me. 
Yeah, I, I keep telling people it's because it's Eminem's record was called the Marshall Mathers LP, and I we're so similar that I, I feel like it, people would get it. Uh, hey, wordsmith. <laughs> I, you know, man, my name is so hard to spell. I was like, give it to him twice, and I figure maybe they'll they'll remember it after that. Uh, also because of what you said, because it it kind of runs. It's basically the last five years of my life, to be honest with you, man. It's it's the last five years. And it's really representative of who I want to be as an artist. So if, if, if you like this, then you'll probably like my other stuff too. That's, that's going to come out like it. This is, um, this is Van Halen one, you know what I mean? Led Zeppelin one. It's, it's, it's the similar, uh, vein there. Um, also I just thought it looked cool on the, on the album cover, honestly. I mean, you, you, I mean, you, you, it's your record. You can do whatever you yeah. want, right? <laughs> That's true. It's my money and I need it now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and, and, you know, we talk about, you know, showing the different sides of you, kind of the, the different ways you wanted people to experience what, what you love about music. And what was it like to work with so many amazing people, whether it was Ben Chapman, who, like you said, you kind of come, came down here, became really good friends, Megan McCree, Adam Hood, so many people that came on this album and, and you were able to work with. Yeah. I don't take any of that um, for granted. And uh, without sounding like, you know, uh, um, to, to like, I, I knew them when whatever, but like truly, the people that I've surrounded myself with are the people that I, we always say we landed, you know, like, like a boat. We all kind of got thrown into this scene, if you want to call it that at the same time for a bunch of reasons. I mean, um, Rob Snyder, who I was talking about earlier that ran revival, one of his best friends is named Channing Wilson, who you might've heard of before friends with Adam and all them. But Ben Chapman is from Channing's hometown. So Rob and Channing are best pals. They both have like young Padawans. Padawans are going to be friends, you know. And we ended up, <laughs> we ended up all sharing an office at RCA Studios, um, right around the corner from Studio A, which was so cool. But Ben and I really used it a lot. I mean, Robin Channing were there sometimes, but but Ben and I were there a ton uh, together and you know separately. And uh, we we got we have all these like experiences together. You know, I I remember turning the corner. Uh, like walking out the first day I was there and, and Jason Isbell's on the, on the, the back patio, just like hitting the jewel and being like, what's up? And I'm like, Oh, what's up? Dude? <laughs> like, you're like, wait, you wait, know. you're just hanging yeah. out here. Like, yeah. what's up? He was making, I forget which record it, 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 it was, but it was like, it was just one of those like surreal moments. And I always have that as like an experience with, you know, my pals. Um, but on the record specifically, I, I, um, I love writing songs by myself. There's one song on the record that's all me, you know, but I get so much more, so, so so many more songs that I am like still love and love singing and love playing are songs I wrote with other people. And, uh, there's something about the collaboration process that, that really doesn't happen anywhere else than Nashville. Like nobody in Philly where I'm from, like they're songwriters, but nobody, nobody co-writes. Um, in LA, I'm sure there's a pop kind of scene, whatever. Uh, but it's just different. Like I've, I've heard in LA, they go line by line and that's how you get your percentages. So if you get like two lines in a song, you only get like however many percent that is, which is just like 
crazy to me. Like you were in the room, you're all hanging out. There's some songs I've written for other people that I'm, I might've tweaked some things and hung out and had a good time, but I did that. And then there's some songs that I wrote 98% of, but somebody was just there and we talked it out together and it probably could have been their idea. You know what I mean? And something about Nashville all being even, um, kind of like brings the everyone's guard down when it comes to collaboration and i just i i love doing it i i I love doing it at least three or four days a week if i can and i'll probably write 100 to you know 110 115 songs a year uh and like i said if if you make a record every three years you know that's 300 songs you got to choose from so it 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 takes a lot but if you have great friends and you really love the process um I don't know. It, it, it's given me a lot of, uh, inspiration, I guess is the word to kind of, and also I, I grew up a lot different than a lot of people that are here. A lot of these people grew up in the South and have completely different musical references than I do. And I just, I was going to say, you did not grow up on dirt roads or in the country. You were in the city. (laughs) Yeah. I'm a city kid. And like my wife makes fun of me. She's from Indiana very much. Like she grew up on a farm, like the whole thing. And like, uh, I'm like terrified of the the dark in the country and everything else, but like I'll walk down like a city street at two in the morning and not care about it. It's you know, it's just a different you know mindset. Um, but musically, like I I had heard Willie Nelson before, but I didn't really like know anything about him. You know, before I moved here, someone was like, "Hey, listen to Redhead Stranger like five times in a row and just you know, just get it." You know, and I'm like. This guy has the exact same, almost the exact same phrasing as Frank Sinatra. He's just doing it with different instruments and like slightly behind the beat and doing little stylistic things. But he's like, uh, there's so many things that they both drew from that time period because they're they're kind of contemporaries. I guess Willie's a little younger, but um, anyways, that's just an example of like seeing the same music from two di- two different lenses can be really fun. And I, I, I think that having nine songs on this record that were co-written kind of like in, informs a lot of uh, the, the writing process. Well, and one of those that, that I enjoy, I got for those listening through, through, through the show and shows and everything, this will come out the week after I got to talk, you know, Adam hood, basically you just took, what the song title in you just had the song title and that's where it came from yeah so uh there's an old temptation song uh, I, I again i grew up on like that that motown kind of soul funky stuff and th- there's a song called uh i wish it would rain or something like that it's like a really old temptation song and it's a cool idea but i wanted to do something like slightly different as far as like an idea goes and i was like man what if like the guy like it's like a perfect day it's you know it's like everything is great uh and uh and 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 you know i I forget what i told him i really wish because it would make the story so much better but he he just like i was just kind of talking about the song whatever and he's like okay cool, cool 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 And then he just like got his little notepad and something. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can play this and then play that. No, no, you know, just let me play it. And then he just played like that whole first verse. And it was like, what, where did that come from? We were just like <laughs> hanging out two minutes ago. And, uh, and then we, he was like, what do you want to change? And I, I ended up changing it slightly, but, but it was pretty much like the whole thing. And then, um, 
like I th- I think I was like, what if the chorus said this and then this and then it was like, okay, cool, cool. Like I think the whole thing took less than an hour. It was like forty five minutes, and it was it was finished. And um, I ended up going back to it maybe a day later, and I sent it to him. I'm like, how about this? He's like, sounds done. <laughs> and that was it. Uh, but he's someone that I during the pandemic his he has an album called The Shape of Things, um, which is one of my favorites. And the guy who produced that, Oren produced my first uh, EP a couple years ago and co-produced this last record, honestly, because I love the way he did Adam stuff. And um, that Shape of Things album during the pandemic, when I was in my like most insane bored state, I learned the whole thing, like cover to cover. I just learned the whole album one day because I was just, I was just bored. And I, and, and I, and I love, I think Adam's a great guitar player. He always gives him, he doesn't give himself enough credit, but he's a great guitar player. Um, I love his voice. I love his sensibilities. And I remember getting a ride with him. I was like, I really got to bring it today. And then I literally just said a title. And then like an hour later, he was like, all right, I'll see you. I'm getting out of here. I'm like, okay, all right, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> you got a song like, that's on the album. I mean, it worked no, 100%. out. 100%. It totally worked out. It was like circled on my calendar as like this like big day. And it was literally like an hour. It was great. Well, and, and you know, you, you talk about having fun with that. And I, I know you, you love to be performing, performing live because there's just some, something about that. Yeah. I always like to ask this question too, because especially someone that like you that has either written cuts for other people or just gotten to know a lot of people, what's your favorite song or songs to perform on stage these days, whether it's yours or someone else's? Yeah. Um, from, from the record, uh, the, uh, the last song is called ahead of me. I really enjoy playing that song. Um, K row, the one that, that has been kind of on the most like playlists and stuff the last little bit. That one's cool. It's in this crazy tuning that I feel like I need like a license for, but Mike was like, what if you played it like this? And I learned like three chords in that tuning and that's how I played it. But it's, it sounds very educated and it, uh, trust me, it's not. Um, but that one's like a cool moment in the show because it's, it's just me and, and, you know, uh, proud is fun because it, my uh, guitar player, Damon, that, that plays a lot of shows with me or, or Mike, if he's playing with me, you know, gets to do a really fun like guitar solo section and um there's also something we i went into the the record thinking that this was going to be the case but i don't think anybody else did that i wanted a lot of background vocals i i love that like you know eagles and springsteen and all. there's t- there's like three people singing the whole time um and it's not quite that much on 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 the record but when you have someone like i, I mean mike sang a lot of the background vocals a couple other people kind of pitched in um those are my favorite ones to sing when you, when, when it feels like there's these big moments in the show where there's, where there's more than one person singing, there's a great guitar solo. Oh man, this, this, and this big thing. Everyone's happy at the end, you know, crowd goes wild. Those, and and that happens like hopefully in every song, there's like a little moment of that. You know what I mean? So we, we got to play the whole record all the way through at, uh, at a show, I guess two weeks ago. And, um, yeah, it's the best. It's like the most fun you can have. It's so much fun. Well, and obviously you just released this album, you know, by the time this comes out, maybe about a month out now. Yeah. You know, you know, obviously we're almost done with 2023. So I doubt there's a whole lot more that's happening in 2023 for you. But yeah. what can folks expect from you? Obviously, you're going to be supporting the album, things like that. What, what, what's coming up in 2024 that you can tell me and not get yourself in trouble? 
<laughs> Trust me. Uh, I can get myself in trouble no matter what. Um, the uh, I'm definitely um, playing a bunch of stuff in January in town, doing some radio stuff to kind of start. Honestly, after Christmas, you kind of got to start over. Like, you got to just get right back on it because it's almost like Nashville takes a nap for all of December. Like, no one does anything. <laughs> it's very funny. Uh, but we're actually going to go back in the studio either – the last two weeks of January or first two weeks of February, um, start working on the next one. So, um, I took kind of a breather from the last stuff I put out to this one, which was like almost two years. So I'm hoping that I can at least put some singles out next year and, and kind of hit the ground running again towards the end of next year. But, um, definitely doing some festivals over the summer. Uh, spring is, is baby time. We're having a baby in March. So, there's uh that's that's the biggest collaboration that i've worked on this year definitely uh featuring my wife uh but besides march and april you you sure it's not the other way around featuring (laughs) you (laughs) (laughs) all right okay all right this has been fun but i mean come on uh the uh uh other stuff i'm i'm hoping I, I, there's, I'm not like blowing any big information here, but I'm, I'm hoping to get on tour with some bigger artists next year and be opening some shows. So once that is, uh, finalized, that will, you know, that will be out in the world and for mass consumption. Um, but definitely festivals. I, I, I like doing these songwriter festivals and, and, um, summertime stuff always comes up, uh, to do that kind of stuff. I'm, I also, I, I play guitar for an artist named Fancy Haygood who, does a bunch of shows so we're have a couple more of those for the end of the year and we'll wrap it up put this year in a bow i was gonna say and you will definitely be busy next year because uh you know having a kid that that you you will be busy (laughs) yeah you have any great advice i feel like we should i feel like we need to give like what's like one thing that maybe people won't tell you but you should know anyway (laughs) you will not sleep well yeah yeah i mean but i think your schedule will work to your benefit (laughs) I, I, you know, because you stay up late, typically, yeah. I'm assuming right. babies are up at all, all different hours. Also, just be prepared for it to poo everywhere. Well, yeah, yeah. Would you say that some some people say you should sleep when the baby sleeps? Is that is, is that real? No. If you can try. Because <laughs> you also got you also got the rest of your, your life to live. I will say this, you know, don't, you know, for us, you know, we, we, obviously you change your life up but don't change it up so much like if you go out you know like go go out to a lunch or whatever bring bring the baby with you and it, it'll hopefully work out uh in the long term and they'll just get used to it and uh pe- people will enjoy it and uh and uh do you know if it's a boy or a girl yet it is a baby girl oh welcome to team girl dad uh they are <laughs> wonderful uh mine has a ton of sass and is way too smart at five and i'm terrified <laughs> to see what what happens when she's 16. <laughs> I'll check so, in on you in 11 years. You're probably have a lot more bourbon in your system at that point. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there are certain days where you, you, I need a little bit extra and, and I need the high proof. I totally understand. Maybe I'll be up to 100 proof by then. Maybe. maybe, maybe. <laughs> well, Vinny, this has been a blast. I have had so much fun. We'll definitely have to do it again. And, and uh, cheers, man. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. I, I appreciate it. I, I, I like a job where you could drink at the same time. It's not a bad gig. No, it's really not. Find more from Hops and Spirits at hopspirits.com. Thanks, everybody. Bye.